welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm super duper excited <laughs> to be here today and uh, to dive into today's topic. So I think I'm going to call this sucker turn words into works. Turn words into works. And as usual, I'll tell you a little story how the inspiration for this uh, episode came into being and why I'm talking to you about it. <laughs> so first of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. My loyal listeners, I appreciate you. And uh, if you're a new listener, let me just say this. If you're a new listener, first of all, welcome to the Karen Kennedy Show. Welcome to my world. And if you're not on my email list, just get on that sucker. Just do it right now. KarenKenny.com slash sign up. And then that way you'll get this podcast delivered right into your inbox every Thursday. And then on one of the other days of the week, almost 99% of the time on Tuesdays, I send a little, a little inspirational story. I do a little storytelling, let you know what I'm up to, if I got a cool event or if I'm opening up the doors to my membership, The Nest or whatever's going on, how to work with me one-to-one -one in the quest. The newsletter, the email, is how to find out what's happening. And I'm not obnoxious. I'm not always bombarding you. I am consistent though. So you get used to hearing from me, but it really makes it nice because every every Thursday morning, like I said, this sucker is delivered right into your inbox. So first of all, just thank you for being here. And let me tell you about where Turn Words Into Works comes from. So some of you may or may not be aware of a, an ancient philosophy called stoicism. <laughs> now, the thing about stoicism, and I think the stoics is for a lot of people, is that people misunderstand kind of the vibe of the stoics. So if you even just think about that word, if you describe somebody as stoic, how you kind of think about them is that they're really kind of like just detached and emotionless and like they're just like, you know, just not a warm and fuzzy at all. But I kind of think about the Stoics as being wicked practical. Like that's how I appreciate, how I've come to appreciate the Stoics. I think they're super duper practical. And so today's uh, episode was inspired by Seneca, who is uh, one of the Stoics, one of the great philosopher Stoics. And uh, it, th there's a quote that comes from his book, Letters uh, from a Stoic, that really like just kind of caught my eye and ear and stayed with me. So those of you who are readers, so double amen hands if there's any other book lovers and readers in the house, um, but somebody who is 
really well known in this day and age for promoting stoicism and the wisdom of the stoics. Like one of them is a guy named Ryan Holiday. And Ryan Holiday is a, a best-selling author. He's been called by some as a marketing guru or a media strategist. He also owns a bookstore. Um, and Ryan is always online somewhere, either talking about one of his books or the wisdoms from the Stoics that he does like almost daily posts about, but it's where a lot of his books also come from. And Ryan, if you, you might've heard some of these titles, right? Like the Daily Stoic or things like, and here's why I'm reading the titles because the titles actually give you a little sneak peek into the hot beat of Stoicism and what matters. So listen to these. So there's the obstacle is the way, ego is the enemy, stillness is the key, discipline is destiny, and courage is calling. And I love these because they kind of hint at some of what we might call the virtues of stoicism, but they also sound like shit that I would talk about as a spiritual mentor. So there's kind of like a kismet kind of there and that I relate to kind of what the Stoics were getting at. So I just want to read a little bit. I, I, I got this from uh, Ryan Holiday and he says, you know, Stoicism is often either unknown or misunderstood. And he said to the average person, this vibrant action oriented and paradigm shifting way of living has become shorthand for quote unquote emotionlessness, right? Um, instead though, here's the thing, you know, he kind of, he kind of comes at it like that stoicism is urgently needed in the course of life. And he goes on to talk about why. And this is one of the ways he describes it. He says in its rightful place, Stoicism is a tool in the pursuit of self-mastery, perseverance, and wisdom. It's something that one uses to live a great life rather than some esoteric field of academic inquiry. Now, I really, I really love this. And you might have also heard of um, uh, Marcus Aurelius. He was also another one of the Stoics. And Seneca, who I'm going to talk about, use, you know, dive into one of his quotes today. And he said, um, stoicism provides much needed strength, wisdom, and stamina for all of life's challenges. Who doesn't want that? You know what I'm saying? And so the four virtues of stoicism, and then I'll get to the quote, but I wanted you to hear this to put some of this in context, right? The four virtues of stoicism are courage, temperance, justice, and wisdom. And Marcus Aurelius wrote this, one of the stoics, he wrote this. If at some point in your life, you should come across anything better than justice, truth, self-control, and courage. It must be an extraordinary thing indeed. Because have we found anything better? Ryan asked this question. Have we really found anything better than being brave, than moderation and sobriety, than doing what's right, and anything better than truth and understanding? So look, I, I just think that I think the Stoics have a lot to offer us. And you know me, I'm a spiritual mutt. And even though stoicism would be considered a philosophy, for me, I think there's a lot of kind of spiritual threads in their way of thinking and speaking and being in the world. And I'm a spiritual mutt. So I pull from a lot of different places and I kind of grab onto what I find wicked helpful, things that have helped me to have, uh, to navigate life with less suffering. <laughs> 
<laughs> Who doesn't want that, right? Navigate life with, with less suffering and struggling and feelings of separation and being stuck and all, all the ways that the ego, you know, tries to keep us caught up in our own, in our own uh, BS, our own bullshit, <laughs> our own blocks and our own stories, right? So, and our own blind spots, as I always say, the, the big BS. So here's the deal. I'm going to read this quote from Seneca, and I'm going to tell you um, how and why it is the heartbeat of turn words into works and why I think it's so important. But if you're like me, if you listen to the show, you must be somebody who's curious, right? I follow my curiosity all the time. So if this show resonates with you, I've got to gather on some level, if you're a loyal listener, that you are also the kind of person who's curious and likes to learn things. So I, I thank you for indulging me into these little dives into, into other things like this, like stoicism. And it's just a little sip sip, as my friend Linda Ty says, it's just a little sip sip, but I think it can be really powerful and helpful. Okay. So listen to this quote, listen to this thing. It's so good. Okay. Here's Seneca. He says this, in his book, again, Letters from a Stoic. My advice is really this. What we hear the philosophers saying and what we find in their writings should be applied in our pursuit of the happy life. We should hunt out the helpful pieces of teaching and the spirited and noble-minded sayings which are capable of immediate practical application, not far-fetched or archaic expressions or extravagant metaphors and figures of speech, right? He's saying, take these things that are capable of immediate practical application and learn them so well that words become works. No one, to my mind, lets humanity down quite so much, he says, as those who study philosophy as if it were a sort of commercial skill and then proceed to live in a quite different manner from the way they tell other people to live. <laughs> He's throwing a little shade here. Showed a little shade in this quote, which kind of makes me laugh. And this is like back in the day, you guys. Stoicism is like ancient philosophy. But listen to the richness of this. We should hunt out the helpful pieces of teaching and the spirited and noble-minded sayings which are capable of immediate practical application. Now, if you know me at all, if you have been a yoga student of mine, uh, if you've been in my membership, The Nest, if you have been working with me one-to-one -one in spiritual mentorship in my program, The Quest, right? If you have come into contact with me for any extended period of time, you know that I always say, I love to take the spiritual principles, ideas, and concepts and bring them down to earth in a really down-to-earth way so that they are practical applications, right? As a longtime student, I've been in a relationship, as I say, with A Course in Miracles for a wicked long time. And if you're watching this, I'm pointing back behind me. I'm pointing to the book, A Course in Miracles, that is on my bookshelf behind me. That navy blue with gold writing, that big, thick-ass book. <laughs> and the beauty of A Course in Miracles, why it's such a powerful teaching tool. I we kind of call it like spiritual psychotherapy. Why it's such a, a, a powerful teaching tool is that it takes theory, the text that is laid out in the text at the beginning of the book, and then smack dab in the middle of the book, it has the daily lessons, 
365 daily lessons, or you can consider them meditations or whatever, right? On learning how to shift your mind from fear to love. And those uh, lessons, the, the workbook, the lessons in the workbook are the practical application of the text and the theory. And so it's not surprising that my brain has kind of been um, shaped and trained in a way that if it's not practical right away, if it's not applicable, like if I can't use it and practice it right away, I am not a mentor for theorists. That is not interesting to me to just sit around. Not that 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 um, visualization and uh, creating a vision or you know, brainstorming and dreaming. I love all of that. Don't get me wrong. But at some point, you got to take it right off the page and into practical life. You have to take it off the pulpit, as they might say, right? And start living that shit. Otherwise, what's the point? And when he says here, when he says, take these things and learn them so well that words become works, let me dive into this a little bit more deeply because this is the impetus. This is the thing that made me go like, oh, I'm going to do a podcast called Turn Words Into Works. And here's why. It's wicked easy in the spiritual kind of community, those who consider themselves quote unquote spiritual, or even call it, you know, some people will call it like mindset or personal development or shifts in perception or new paradigms or whatever, the, whatever people want to call this kind of inner work, right? What so many people do is they love to just gather information. They love to give the ego, and I'm not even saying they do this consciously. I'm just saying this is how the unconscious works. The unconscious likes to check the little box and feel superior, right? It likes to check the little box and be like, oh, I did the thing, right? And so a lot of times it does stuff for the performative function not for the true depth of learning and applying where there can actually be a miracle, right? That takes place, which is a shift in perception from fear to love. What I would call your story to your glory, right? Really being able to change our minds, really being able to change ourselves and transform ourselves through divine alchemy, but through doing shit, not just talking about it. So taking things that we've heard, that we've read, that we've listened to, and actually spending some time with it, getting a little intimate with it. Because as my friend Marianne C says, right? Intimacy is what actually heals us. She always says, information doesn't heal. Intimacy heals. And it's getting intimate with the information, with the words, right? And whether those words come to you through reading, through a course, through a podcast, through uh, the words of your mentor, whatever it is, right? We turn those words into works by starting to live them, be them, embody them, practice them, apply them. Not just talking about them, not just checking the box. So what I see a lot of times is people will have like really, like they have a lot of books. We oftenly joke and say, it's kind of a joke in, in A Course in Miracles community that, not that I would even say I'm in A Course in Miracles community, but in the larger, like, you know, worldwide Course in Miracles community, uh, there's kind of that the ongoing joke that A Course in Miracles is the best-selling non-read book of all time. <laughs> if I had a buck, if I had a buck for every time somebody said to me, 
I have a course in miracles. I've had that book forever. I bought that book. It's on my shelf. I, it's on my nightstand. I've had it. It's just collecting dust, like whatever. So for me, it's about not just like checking the box and saying I bought the book and not even just checking the box and saying I read the book. It's are you taking what you read? Are you taking what you learned? And are you applying it? Because for a lot of people, the process and practice stops at bought the book. For a bunch of other people, it stops at read the book. And people love to say, oh, I read that book. Oh, I have that book. Oh yeah, I know that book. And I'm like, well, you don't really know a book until you've actually spent some time with the book, maybe like sat with it, journal. You know, and I'm not saying everybody has to journal in every book they read. And let me be clear here when I say books. I'm talking specifically, usually like nonfiction books, books that are teaching you something. Not that novels can't teach us things, not that fiction and novels can't teach us things. But a lot of times, you know, we read non, we read fiction in novels to, um, for a different purpose, right? Like, again, I've, I've learned a shit ton from reading fiction. But what I'm trying to say is I'm talking about books specifically that usually have to do with some sort of growth, expansion of consciousness, development, personal development, um, spiritual, whatever. Some people might use a word called mastery, like whatever. When you're trying to grow and change and better yourself, transform yourself. Th those are the books I'm specifically speaking about. Um, and a lot of times people like I said, they stop at, I got the book or I read the book. And they just like to be like, oh yeah, now look at, I am a lover of books. I am a lover of words. I am, a, as you can tell, I like to use a lot of them. <laughs> just being honest people. Um, I love words and books and reading. In fact, I don't know if there's anything I like more than being on a warm beach somewhere with a book or, and some snacks and, and some, you know, and, and some water or something to drink. Oh my God. It's like my favorite thing in the world. In fact, I, I'm, I can't wait to finish this podcast because that's my goal. It's like, once I'm done with this podcast, I'm going to sit down and read a book that I'm reading right now, which is a fiction book. Um, Michael Conley. If you guys don't know who Michael Conley is, he's, he's a fantastic writer. He's the creator of the Bosch series. If any of you know who Hieronymus Bosch is, the, you know, as the, the character, Harry Bosch. Oh, yeah. Anyways. And I digress and I'm back. <laughs> so anyways, we're bumping up against the holidays and I'm just feeling like, yeah, I don't really want to do any more work today. I think I just want to cozy down with my furry kids in, 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 in a book. Okay. And I'm back. Here we are. So this is what I'm trying to say. The ego gets that stroke. And I'm always like, but what, what did the book teach you? Like, what are you taking away from the book? And I know time is short. So let me just say something else that I believe. If you're reading a book like that you bought yourself, not it's not required for some course or training or certification or whatever. If you just bought at school, whatever. If you just bought a book and you start reading it, there look, there have been times when I bought books and everybody else in the world loved them and I start to read it and I'm like, fuck this book and fuck these characters, fuck this whole approach. And I'm just like, it is not for me. And I'll just put it down. I will put it aside. I do not 
force myself to just trudge through something that does not interest me, make me curious or light me up. I just won't do it. I just won't do it. I mean, unless if I needed it for an interview or something like that, but you know, I'm like, look, my, my days and time is numbered and I don't have enough time. There's too much shit I want to read and learn and uh, expand my mind with. So I'm not going to waste it on stuff that doesn't light me up and do it for me. But when I read a book, I always have, like, if you could see my desk right now, right? Like, I'll just show you. I have all these different colored, like, pens, and I have, like, all these different colors. So I'm holding up a bunch of different colored pens, you guys. There's light blue, like aqua, dark blue, red, purple, black, green. And then you, you can just imagine, taste the rainbow of my highlighters and my markers, right? So yellow and pink and, like, coral and green and blue and all that stuff. So I always have pens and markers nearby when I'm reading a book. And I don't, I mean, obviously if it was like a first edition signed something, something special, special, I'm not going to mock that sucker up. I will buy a second copy usually of something. Uh, if something feels precious to me, if it's like, you know, a signed book that one of my friends you know, or somebody like somebody I know who like, or an author that I love, if I get a signed version of their book, I don't mock that sucker up. I'll, I'll get like a paperback version or another version. I'll mock the shit out of that one, but I don't treat my books as precious. I treat them almost as kind of like living, breathing wealths of information. So I get in there and I underline things and I highlight things. The one thing that I don't do anymore that I used to do as a kid when I didn't know any better is I used to bend the edges of the pages in to mark things. And it ruins your books, you guys. And over time, those creases will become permanent. And a lot of times those things will, will wear down and snap off. So now I use like little post-it notes uh, and different ways of mocking, like bookmarks. I have a ton of bookmarks and stuff like that. So I try to respect, I respect my books but I don't treat them so preciously because I want to, I want to squeeze out of them what I can squeeze out of them. I want to glean out of them what I can glean out of them. I want to spend some time with them. And so I know some people will take notes and then they'll journal about things, right? They'll keep notes on the side on a separate piece of paper. I know one person, I don't know if they do it with books. I think they do, but I know one person who has basically kept a log of every single movie that they've ever seen. And I kind of feel that way about books, you know, I think in a lot of ways, uh, all the words that exist in books, like I have a deep respect for writers and the craft of writing and what it takes to actually, um, you know, be, be a writer and to produce, you know, like a, a book and put stuff out into the world. And, you know, nowadays we see people who just hire people. This blew my mind. First, it, this blew my mind when I first started seeing this trend where rich people or famous people or people with a lot of, you know, I guess extra income will hire people to cultivate book collections to just put in their house to look pretty. I was like, what? Like, what is happening right now? Like when ever since I was a little kid, I've always dreamed of having like a, a, a particular room in my one day house with all these built-ins, all these built-in bookshelves all the way around. You know, those library ladders that just kind of roll, <laughs> you know, like if you've ever been to a library, I'm like, oh my God, it would be so cool to like have a library, like with all these books, but that I actually read. But some people use books as decorations and they'll have somebody cultivate a collection and then they'll color code it. 
So that like now it looks really pretty, like all the white books in one section, all the yellow books in one section, all the red cover books, all the black, all the blue, all the purple, all the green. And they just kind of create like these spaces for visual pleasure, but people don't actually spend any time with the material, with the author's words, with these people who are sharing from their minds and their hearts and their imaginations, right? People are interesting, man. And that's not to judge anybody. Hey, to each his own, whatever you want to do. But I read my books. Like I, I, I get into those things. I, I, I spend some time with those things because I want to take the words and turn them into works. Now, sometimes what a, what a word is giving me, especially you know, if I'm reading a, a novel or a fiction book, it might be giving me a chance to feel deeply or to imagine or to visit other worlds or to go places I, I could never even dream up on my own, right? That's the beauty of visiting other people's stories. And with self-help books or personal development books or transformational books or nonfiction books or whatever you want to call them, what I love about them is they give me the opportunity to shift my perspective, to change my mind, to learn something new. And that's why I always say, or I shouldn't say always, I often say on this podcast, I reserve the right to change my mind. That way I don't have to lament about stupid shit that I said, you know, um, 150 episodes ago, <laughs> because I know that I'm always reading and, and learning and taking classes and be, I'm a lifelong learner. So I might know some shit now that I didn't know before. And it's not that, like, if I said it at that time, I'm sure I believed it. But now I have a little bit sip, sip, as my friend Linda says, I've sip, sipped. I've learned a little bit more. I'm a little bit better, smarter. I know that's not good grammar, but I just like to say it. I'm a little bit better, smarter. And so if I'm a little bit smarter and I know better, hopefully, fingers crossed, fingers crossed on my behalf, I'm going to do better. So I think to just do things performatively, like why, why waste your time? What's the point? So what is your relationship like with these things, this information and whether you get the words through books, through courses, through coaching, through mentoring, through watching a video, through watching a Facebook live, like whatever. Don't just do it to gather more information. Don't just do it to quote unquote, look smarter. Do it to get and be better. Apply it use it, get intimate with it, turn the words into works. And I always say, right? Like I haven't read the whole Bible. I'm not like a super Bible-y person, um, but I know somewhere in there, it says faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. And it's a fancy way for me of saying like, don't just sit in the church. Don't just listen to what people are saying. Don't just say that, oh yeah, I have this faith and I believe. Go out and do some shit, <laughs> right? If you're gonna be a quote unquote believer or a follower or whatever of some certain faith, is that shit showing up in your life? Is that faith showing up in your works and the way that you move through the world, the way that you speak, the way that you interact with your fellow human beings and the animals and the environment. And this is why I think so many people get upset and think that a lot of organized religion is a bunch of uh, baloney is because they see an incongruency 
between what is quote unquote preached and what is actually lived, what is preached versus what is practiced. There's that incongruency, that there's that cognitive dissonance, right? And people are like, well, you say this on Sunday, but then you do this at home. So there's a, there's a disconnect there between the words, and I'm flapping my hand like somebody flapping their gums, the words and the works. And now I'm twirling my hands, like actually putting this stuff into your everyday life. And I mean, I think one of the things that, you know, as a mentor myself, I love taking the words that I have learned from others, the ideas through their words, let me put it that way, right? The ideas, the principles, the concepts, the shifts that I've had through reading and speaking and paying and investing to be in the presence of other great teachers and then extracting from that what works for me, what lands in my heart, what lights me up, which makes me go like, oh my God, that is so good. I can't wait to share that with credit and attribution, P.S., with my own people. And this is one of the things that great mentors do is we are lifelong students. We are lifelong learners. We are ongoing, perpetually, infinity and beyond, right? Curious. And we love to learn. And I don't hold right? I don't hold, how do I say this? I don't mind changing my mind. I don't mind finding out I was wrong. If I look at something from a new perspective or another person's point of view, or I put myself in somebody else's shoes and I get like an eye opener, I, I might not like it at first, of course, right? We're all human. The ego pushes back a little bit, right? So there might be an initial little sting like, uh, I can't believe I used to say that or believe that that was so stupid. <laughs> but I know how to extend forgiveness and grace to myself because I was like, ooh, I didn't know what I know now back then, right? And so hopefully, you know, hopefully uh, if I've ever shared something that now, I, I mean, I have to really, I have to go back and like play, go through the final facts in my head, but I have no doubt that I've said some stupid shit along the way, right? Some overzealous things that now I'm a little bit more like uh, I'm a little bit more stoic about it, right? I'm a little bit more tempered about it, uh, and so that's the thing. Anyways, there's a whole there's a whole point I'm trying to get at about mentors, is that a lot of times what we do is we go ahead. I'm gonna do a whole. I might do the next podcast about this, about how mentors save you time, about how a good coach and a good mentor, what we do is save you time. Because a lot of times I am taking, I've gone ahead and read the books. I've gone ahead and taken the classes or the courses and the certifications, right? Like, like we bring all, all of our areas of study to the table and then we can offer it and we can say, Hey, have you read this book? Here's these resources, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'll get into this a little bit later, but this is what, what, what great mentors do is we become more intimate with the information so that we can use it in our processes of helping others to transform, helping others to heal. Not that we do the healing for them. We don't. I always say what, 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 we, what I do as a mentor is, first of all, to hold the idea and the vision of somebody as they really are. And I would say happy, healthy, healed, whole, and holy, 
right? Holding it, seeing them. If I can't, if I cannot see in my mind, this is a very A Course in Miracles thing about how to see your brothers and sisters, right? Is not meeting them on the level, meaning not agreeing with them on the level of their perceived, that's an important word, perceived brokenness or wound or separation. It's like holding the vision of them. So if I can't see somebody as a mentor in my mind, as being able to accomplish this thing that we're setting out to do or we're hoping to do, this transformation that they're coming to me seeking, right? Wanting help. So I don't do the healing, but I hope I can create the container, the space where they can discover that they know how to heal themselves along with some tools, obviously, right? The spiritual toolkit, as I, as I say, that I share with them. And I'm always adding to that spiritual toolkit because I am taking these words and I'm putting them into my works. So this is really an invitation, you guys, to, if you're going to listen to a podcast, if you're going to hire and invest in yourself by, you know, hiring a mentor or a coach or whatever, um, like why sign up for a program? And I'm not talking like a DIY course where you're left to your own devices and stuff like that. Like, you know, any plenty of people buy those courses because they know, hey, it's on sale now. I'll get to it three months from now. I'm not talking about that. But if you're going to sign up to work one-to-one with a human being where you actually get time with them, it behooves you to actually show up, be present, pay attention, and then put that shit to work to do the exercises. I always say there's a method to the madness. I I don't ever give people stuff to do that is just quote unquote busy work. It's stuff that I know has worked for me and many others, right? To get results, to get transformations, et cetera. So you guys, that's what I wanted to say. Turn the words in your life that are coming to you through various sources and turn them into your works. Take the information, make it intimately yours. Glean from it what is helpful. I would say, take what works, leave the rest, and then start to practically apply it. People are always like, well, how do you change? I'm like, here's one of the ways that you change. You take your change, you show up for your transformation and you take your change work seriously. And you pay attention. So when you get a sign, when somebody, when your coach or mentor says, hey, listen to this podcast, listen to this hypnosis, listen to this audio, da, 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 da. I mean, I'm so lucky. I have the best clients. I have the best clients. And you know me, I don't ever out my clients and like say they're, I mean, I get their permission obviously afterwards when they, when they give me uh, beautiful testimonials about the results and stuff like that. But I don't just come on here and just blurt out people's names and stuff. But I will say this. And I think part of it is because they've been around me long enough to know that I'm not screwing around. I am not here to waste anybody's time, not theirs, not mine. So usually by the time people come to work with me, not always, there have been a handful of people that it wasn't they like, cause you know, you can only assess whether you do it through an application process or with me, I talk to people, right? I usually get on a phone call with them before. Uh, to find out if it's a good fit for both of us. And there've been a few times when somebody sold me that they were ready 
they said all the right things because that's another thing, right? I tend to attract pretty smart people, pretty, pretty, pretty intelligent. I'm, I'm tapping, I'm tapping my little, my little knucklehead right now. I tend to attract pretty intelligent people, but a lot of times the problem with intelligent people is they know how to say the right things. They know how to say the things to either bullshit themselves or somebody else. And I would say like, not much gets past me. A lot of the times um, I can sense when somebody's uh, flapping their gums, but there's no gumption behind it, right? Like there's no, like, there's no heat. There's no feeling. Like I trust that got instinct. I've been a couple of times where people, let me put it this way. I think they believed that they were ready. And then when you get into it, it's like, oh, <laughs> so here's my whole point. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. If you're going to sign up for something, if you're going to invest like in a book, if you're going to invest in a course, but definitely if you're going to invest in some one-to-one -one work or a mastermind or something where there's another person on the other end of the line saying, I'm here for you. Let me share what I've learned, the words that I've put into works, show up for that shit. Go all in, take it seriously, take yourself seriously, show up for yourself. It's powerful. It's powerful, the transformations that can happen. And I can tell you firsthand for doing this for many, many years as a spiritual mentor that um, miracles can happen. Shifts in perceptions that will change your life, your story to your glory from fear to love. I am telling you from the, the experience of hell to the experience of heaven. And I don't mean that in a religious way, like, but like getting out of your own way, being able to see yourself anew, Oh man, it is, it is a shift. It is a shift that feel like when, when you're stuck, who here, double amen hands, if you know what I'm saying. I know I've taken a little, little tour off the Stoics for a minute, but here's the thing. If you've ever been so sick of yourself, I always say this, so sick of yourself that you wish you could just unzip your own skin and crawl out because you just want to get the fuck away from yourself and your own bullshit. If you've ever gotten to the point where you're just like, I just can't anymore. I can't stand the way I'm thinking and feeling and doing and being and the choices that I'm making. I, I just want, I just want to change. When you just get so sick of yourself and you're like, I'm ready to change. That, that, that feeling right before you decide to make the change, that feels like hell. And when you start to get a little help, when you start to learn how to self-resource, when you start to get some resources in the spiritual toolkit, when you start to learn and take the words and turn them into works and you start to practice and get more evidence and grow and expand, that feels a little heavenly. That's what I'm trying to say. My long way of saying it. So you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> it, is a, it is a true delight. It is a true delight to get to do this, to get to show up each week. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for all of you who listen, all of you who show up, all of you who have left reviews. If you haven't left a review of this show yet, you guys on Apple, and you really like the show, if you dig the show, if you have something positive to say, will you please Holiday season is a little gift to me, right? Will you go on and leave a good review because it really helps the show to grow? Maybe just write yourself a little note if you tend to forget because I know a lot of people have every intention in the world of doing it, but then their attention gets taken away onto other things because I know the world is moving pretty fast. Um, if you know somebody who could benefit from the show, listening to the show, send them my way. You know, send them to the link karenkenny.com slash sign up. Get them on the email list so this sucker gets delivered right into their inbox or just share it with them. Um, 
Thank you to everybody who ever posts on social media and shares this. There's a few of you who are so consistently kind and good at sharing the show with others and tagging me so I see it so I can say thank you. Those of you who share word of mouth, uh, my work and my words, just thank you so much. But also I'd be remiss if I did not acknowledge, um, you know, a lot of times people talk about their podcast teams. I don't really have a team. I have one person and uh, her name is Erin. I call her Erron. <laughs> so Erron, if you're listening, which I know you are, or you're reading the transcript or you're doing something, thank you so much, sweetheart, for helping me to get this out into the world. I could not do it without you. And I appreciate you and love you so much. So you guys, thank you so much. Uh, I know we're heading into, I, again, we're not supposed to quote unquote date. You're not supposed to date your episodes by dropping time of year or whatever, but here's the deal. Right behind me out those two windows, you're going to see when it's winter. You're going to see when the seasons change. So we are heading into the hall. I'm not trying to, you know me, it's, it's about transparency. So we're moving into the holidays and, you know, you're going to get a lot, one of the last things I'll say, you're going to get a lot of advice to like go out with a bang and like hurry up and take advantage of these last few weeks and month and whatever, right? And I'm like, dudes, how about we're just a little bit kinder to our nervous systems, right? I like to use this time of year as it starts to get colder and I can't stand the cold, right? I always say, why do I live somewhere where I need a plow guy? Why? So I tend to go into a little bit of hibernation, but what does not slow down is my creativity and my curiosity. So this is a great time of year to start to kind of look back on and look forward a little bit and start to envision and imagine how do I want to feel? Not so much what do I want to do, but like how do I want to feel moving forward? And maybe I'll do a whole podcast about this for December, right? Maybe I'll save all my thoughts that I'm about to spurt on you now. I'll save it to them. But don't like, don't, you know, overload or short circuit your nervous system, okay? Let's just be a little bit kinder to ourselves and to each other and to the animals and to the planet and to the environment, right? Maybe we can do that. Can we be kinder to ourselves and each other? Oh, you guys, thank you for your kindness. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you so much. Um, I'm sending so much love your way. I hope you have safe and happy and healthy holidays, whatever you celebrate. And just know what I always say, if you're going to be meeting with your family, leave them better than how you found them, okay? If you're going to be like going anywhere out in the world, driving in traffic, shopping somewhere, I was going to say shopping at the mall. Do people actually shop at the mall anymore? <laughs> you can tell, you can tell I'm in my fifties. Um, but like wherever you go, Every time you interact with somebody, you have an opportunity to leave people better than how you found them. So a little smile, a little patience, a little kindness and courtesy, it goes a wicked long way this time of year, especially. So you guys, thank you for being here. Wherever you go, leave the people, the place, the animals, yourself, the environment better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. 
You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>